So this morning we'll continue with this practice of Can you not hear me okay? Okay. This morning we'll continue with our practice of calming and collecting the mind, the attention on this simple object of mainly the breath is what we'll talk about, but during the instructions I'll give you other options that can also work for this practice. As I talked about last night, just the simple sense of the body sitting, the posture, just grounding the attention in the stillness and the posture can be a a good foundation for this practice. And we'll also include sounds because they can also provide and access a doorway, a way of uh, collecting the mind if the breath proves to be challenging. And the words you'll hear us say over and over again are relaxed, comfortable, easy. They're beautiful words. Perhaps you feel yourself soften a little even in hearing them but they're actually hard to put into practice. We are so trained to create our agendas and ideals around our practice. If it's like this now, it could be better. Or last time I had this experience. Or I know the person next to me is just in some state of bliss and how do I get there? We just, the mind naturally makes judgments and comparisons. And the practice is always, and we'll explore this more, recognizing the hindrances, those pushes and pulls of the mind and heart, and how to gently let them go. We're not so interested in them. We acknowledge them. We know they're there, the thoughts, the wishes, the hopes, the fears. But we keep coming back to this next breath, in-breath, out-breath. And so the practice is very simple. And even more simply in these first days of settling in, to be very gentle with yourself. It's really understandable that the mind will be foggy, the body complaining a bit, as I spoke about last night. So be kind to yourself in all ways as you settle in here. So again, finding your meditation posture, whatever helps you sit comfortably with that combination of uprightness and dignity, a sense of energy in the posture, the the spine lengthening. So there's a sense of expansion. There's a capacity for opening in the body. And this can... Even that, as you settle in and just making sure that you're not slumped, um, can bring some brightness to the mind. Because the mind and the body mirror each other, right? They, They influence each other so much. And so as we settle into our meditation posture, we're looking to, um, evoke in the posture itself the qualities we're looking for in the mind. So a sense of brightness, alertness, openness, expansion, and then balanced with ease and settledness and stillness and calm. 
So we're always balancing the energetic and the calming factors in the body itself and through that in the mind. And it's worth taking these few minutes at the beginning of every sitting that you do just to find that alignment, that balance. And then if this works for you, I like to begin with a simple body scan where we just move the attention very gently from head to toe, checking in particularly with the places we know we hold tension, some familiar habits of tightening or contraction around the face, in the eyes, the eyebrows, the brow, cheeks, lips, or jaw. So with a tender hand, we just touch those areas and say, it's okay, relax, soften. I find if I've been thinking a lot, I just tend to tighten up around the eyes, that space between the eyebrows. And if I can relax there, it actually quietens the mind a little bit. So this is an important place to pay attention to if that happens for you. And then down through the throat, into the shoulders that they're dropped, maybe a little rolled back so your chest is open. I often move the body as I'm settling in because it will habitually slump into certain postures. It's good to just allow the shoulders to be dropped and back so the chest is open. Finding a place to hold your arms and hands that feels comfortable and natural. And they can rest as you have them placed without any extra effort. And then again down through the front of the body. Just tracking the movement, the life of the body as it responds to the breath. Can you soften around the diaphragm? abdomen. And the back body. Sometimes we find our shoulder blades are held up unnecessarily. Can there be space there between the shoulder blades? Even if nothing moves, just thinking about space between the shoulder blades can help them relax. In the middle and lower back, again, a little curve in the lower back so that the spine has that nice S bend. Not exaggerated, but just enough so there's ease in that area.
and down into the pelvic area, the sitting bones. Letting them drop and rest on your cushion and chair. Down through the legs, taking one leg at a time, perhaps. Just notice how it's held, the places of tightness or tension. Places you can invite ease. Down through the upper legs, the lower legs, and the feet. So whether you take this amount of time to go through the body or just with a few moments of checking in, invite your body into this relaxed, comfortable but upright way of sitting. It's a good way to begin our breath meditation. So we're aware of the whole body. We've touched each part of the body with our mindful attention. Now just resting, knowing the whole body sitting. As I said, this can be a focus for your continuity of mindfulness. Mindfulness of the body sitting. The whole body, the outline of the body, the felt sense of the body, the posture, can be a place to gather the attention and just let it rest moment after moment with the changing array of sensations and perceptions of this body. And just as we're sitting here, you may notice hearing happening. Might be the subtle noises of people moving in the room. There's a little bit of a hum of the sound system. My voice. Sounds can also be a place to rest the attention just in the capacity of hearing. Even when it's silent, we can still turn our attention 
to hearing, and we're hearing silence. But there often are subtle or louder sounds that come and go. And again, just to be receptive to the perception of hearing. The bird calls from outside the hall. Sometimes the sound of machinery or a plane. Just spend a few moments tuning into hearing. Receptive, patient, open. You don't have to move towards or away from any sound. They're just naturally arising and passing due to their own nature. We're not in control. Some people might hear an inner sound, sometimes called the nada sound, Ajahn Sumedho would speak about. This hum of the nervous system can also be a place to rest the attention at times. not needing to name the sounds, know what the sound is, though that sometimes happens very automatically, that's okay. But certainly no need to tell a story about the sound, why it's there, who's making it, even what kind of bird is that. We're just registering hearing, sound arising at the ear door, very simple mode of perception. And now letting go of the focus on hearing and beginning to be curious about the movement of the breath in and out of the body. Again, being very spacious about this awareness of the breath. 
just having a perception of the body sitting in its entirety, and then noticing that it's breathing. So not tracking the breath or focusing on the breath, just receptive to the subtle sensations that come with the in-breath and the out-breath. Keeping the mind very relaxed and soft as you do this. The breath is just arising and passing away in your perception of sensations. Can you be interested in these sensations? Where are they strongest, clearest for you? What's the extent of them? How far into the body, the extent of the body, the length of the body, can you feel those sensations? Some might be clear, and definitely associated with the breath, movement of the breath in and out. Sometimes it can feel like breath energy. You can track and know, even through the extremities of the body. Just being curious about the breath, and how it manifests in this body right now. A lot of the Buddha's words about mindfulness of breathing are about calming the bodily formation. So helpful when the mind is troubled and restless to just use this gentle mindfulness of the breath to bring a sense of calm, steadiness, and ease. But sometimes 
what we need is not so much calm, but alertness. The breath meditation or our general level of energy means we're tired, foggy or sleepy. Again, this is really natural, especially in the early days of retreat. But please feel free to balance your practice with what you need. Could be straightening up a little more in your posture. Could be opening your eyes. Bring in some light. You could be standing. All of these are fine ways to work with your energy level. So please do what works for you as you develop mindfulness of breathing. And again, if your attention naturally settles in a more refined area like the nostrils or the upper lip, chest or abdomen, and you find there's just a gravitational pull to that area to be with the breath, and let your attention just rest there. But don't do that if you have to force the attention there, if there's a rigidness to that. Let that be a very natural simplification of your mindfulness of the breath. And perhaps you stay there for some time, but you might find yourself getting sleepy or the sensations a little subtle for your level of mindfulness. And you might want to open up again. Again, finding a way to practice that supports the continuity of mindfulness. That's the most important thing. Not where or how you're paying attention to the breath. And at times including sounds, if that brings some alertness or spaciousness to your practice. And especially in these early days, being very flexible and responsive. It's more the quality of attention, the continuity of mindfulness. That's what's important. Not what exactly you're doing. And of course, thoughts and memories will arise. All of the memories of just the recent days and your travel and efforts to get here, what you forgot, what you left behind undone, worries and anxieties about the future, about the state of the world. As those arise, we want to at this point in the retreat just acknowledge them Perhaps acknowledge their content, give it a name, but respectfully say, not now. Can we put those aside? Reconnect to the body breathing with a sense of great kindness and compassion.
So for the rest of today, we recommend practicing in your sitting meditation in the way that we progressed through that session with this sense of ease and kind of welcoming, just allowing things to come naturally into this mindfulness of the body. Finding a way to sit that's comfortable, either here in your hall or in your room or some of the other places that are available, whatever props and cushions you need, really do take this day to explore how do I bring the mind and body together in a relaxed and easeful way that supports the continuity of mindfulness. And that's the challenge, because if we get too comfortable, we tend to fall asleep, right? And today's a prime day for that to happen. So it probably will, don't worry. Hopefully, over the days together, we will eventually all wake up, just in the very common sense. Maybe we'll all wake up over this retreat. That would be great, enlightened at the end. But take this time to settle in. So this easeful way of just allowing the attention to gather into the body, encouraging the body to be soft and relaxed and comfortable. And then we often say, let the breath come to you. Just as you're sitting, the breath just naturally can become predominant. And then we rest our attention there. Again, with a sense of the breath through the whole body, whole body breathing, we call it. Perhaps in a in a, a slightly more refined focus, sometimes moving between the two. It's a continuity of mindfulness that's the most important that will develop the concentration over time. And another big part of that continuity is the walking meditation. Now, if you haven't been to the forest refuge before, maybe you had a great sigh of relief when you noticed there was no walking meditation on the schedule. For some of us, even after many years of practice, walking can be a challenge, a chore that we do because we're told to or other people are doing it or basically there's nothing else to do. So we go and do some variation of walking. But if that is your... um, attitude, and believe me, it was mine for many years. I did it because it was on the schedule and, you know, got somewhat into it. But it was always with a sense of forcing, something sort of like medicine I had to take, until I discovered, just as I was describing in this sitting meditation, a way of walking that invited more of a sense of ease and relaxation, so again, you, you've all done many hours of walking meditation. You know what, what probably supports your practice. All of the variations are helpful as long as you walk with intention, walk with mindfulness. That's the key, the continuity of mindfulness. But the basic instructions, as you know, are to find a place where you can walk back and forth for 20 steps, 30 steps, 40 steps, whatever feels right to you. And uh, Forest Refuge has a couple of little walking nooks you can feel quite um, contained in. Of course, there's the great outdoors, also with ticks and other things I'm sure you were told about. But um, there are safe places to walk and the driveways and paved places. But you find your spot. Guy and I have had the um, privilege of going to India a couple of times to 
um, do pilgrimage to the holy sites of the Buddha. Actually, he's, he went once, I went, I've been twice. Um, and one of my favorite places was Savati, uh, Anattapindika's park, where the Buddha spent many, many rains retreats, I think over 20. And so many of his discourses begin in Savati. Thus have I heard um, the Buddha said this. Some of his famous discourses given there. So that's, it's very, it's preserved, even though there's not anything of the original buildings, but there's a place they call the Buddha's Kuti. Um, it's called the Fragrant Kuti because people brought so many offerings to it. It's just a, a foundation, really, is all that's left. But close by, there's a plaque, and it said, this was the Buddha's walking meditation path. It's now paved in concrete. I don't think it was that in his day, and who knows if that's exactly where it was, where he walked. But they felt, you know, the Buddha still continued to do walking meditation after he was fully awakened, after he was leading this uh, sangha and inspiring so many people. He would spend his time in walking meditation. So that always inspired me. So, of course, we all walk up and down in that space just to have a sense of literally walking in the footsteps of the Buddha. It's one of my favorite memories of the pilgrimage. And so that's the kind of attitude we can bring. We're walking in the footsteps of the Buddha, following his instructions to be mindful of the body while it's walking. So finding your place, however many steps, it feels right for you. I like at the beginning to just stand still, get a sense of the whole body, perhaps have my eyes open, beautiful vistas here of the wildflowers or the lush green forest. Just take it in, all the senses alive. And then when the intention arises to start walking, begin walking, but knowing that you're walking. For some people, I like to do what we call the three speeds of walking. At first, quite a normal speed, and then after some time, slow down a little, and then perhaps towards the last third of the session, really very meticulously lifting, moving, placing the foot, lifting, moving, placing, and really tracking the minutiae of the sensations in the feet, the soles, um, even the legs. And that can be a really concentrating way of developing walking meditation. What I find, especially doing mindfulness of breathing, is to have a little more spacious um, sense of the walking. So again, standing at the beginning of the path, getting in touch with the breathing. And I like to kind of think of it as giving 50% of my attention to the breathing and 50% to the motions of walking. So I'm not getting really refined or meticulous about the walking, but I'm using the sensations of walking, the movement, to keep me connected to the present moment. But the breath is still there. I'm walking with the breath. And this percentage of how much you focus on the breath can vary depending on how settled you are. As we go through the days, you might find that the breath actually becomes predominant. And that's the main thing that you're paying attention to as you're walking. But if the breath is too subtle, you need um, a clearer object, 
then just be with the sensations of the legs moving, the sensations of motion. You don't have to go incredibly slowly, but just a measured pace, aware of the whole body in movement and the breath is coming and going. So experiment with this over these days of of what helps, again, the most important thing, which is the continuity of mindfulness not grabbing a hold of the breath and trying to be with it every second, but this very open, relaxed, receptive mode of being. You're walking and you're knowing that you're breathing. And you'll get lost. Thoughts will come, something will distract you. That will happen. When you notice that, again, sometimes it's helpful just to stop and recollect, recollect, what are we doing? What am I doing here? Stand for a moment, begin again, and then just begin walking. The main thing is the intention behind it, the intention to be mindful, the intention to be continuous. Whether we are or not, we can't really control, but we can keep creating that intention of starting again, starting again. And again, on these early days of retreat, we want this particularly to be a day of settling in, so... Please, no striving, no agendas, no trying to look good. Um, Just supporting your practice in a way that feels easeful, yet intentional for where you are right now. You know, maybe it means taking a nap after each meal. I've done that on many retreats. Totally fine. Um, Do what you need to do to support you settling in. Sometimes it means going for a more vigorous walk, just to iron out the, crink, the kinks of traveling and to bring some energy in. But we want to just create this through thread of the breath. So whatever you're doing, eating a meal, walking, moving around, you're always breathing. And so you might just come back for a breath or two and then something else takes over. But the more we can link those moments of continuity with the breath, That's what's going to support this practice, continuing and deepening. And we'll say more, as obviously as the days go by, about refining the breath meditation and refining the walking meditation instructions. And the nice thing is there's no bells apart from the meals, Um, even only lunch I know has a bell. I don't even know about the other meals now. They change things all the time. So you really feel this time is your own to explore where you can see what supports your intention for yourself. Not some, you know, idealistic goal, but really this um, intention of settling in, becoming more present in a kind and gentle way. So usually at this time we'll take some time for questions, hopefully answers, but certainly questions. Um, We don't have a microphone, so for now I'll just have to repeat the question so you can speak clearly. Uh, If you have a question about the instructions or practice so far or anything else that's happening for you in your practice here. And we know that often on this first day there's kind of a fog out there. I can feel it a little bit. Don't expect there to be any deep questions, but wanted to make the space. 
in here. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what the guidelines are. I would presume we can open them. So the question is about windows open and closed, and you are probably all aware it's one of the hot-button issues in meditation centers of the people having very different feelings about should they be open or closed. So I even hate to do a hands-up open or closed. My preference is to have some open, and I think as it gets warmer, and especially if the people near the windows, because you are most directly affected, if you would like them open, I would have them be opened and people can sit away from them. Yes, Doug? There are highly specific um, instructions about opening and closing windows according to the outside temperature. Okay. Do you know where those instructions are? In the uh, the binder uh, in each room. But is that for your personal room, though, or for the meditation room? But, I mean, it's the windows in your own room, the whole thing. So do you know what they are? Between 50 and 69 and that kind of thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's, let's just check with you. Yes, we will check and get back to you, but thank you. It's Im- and it's good to have ventilation with COVID. It's definitely good to have ventilation. So we will determine what the um, protocol is. Okay. So, as we've said, today is a day of settling in. There will be a Dharma talk this evening. It's a little off schedule, but we wanted to, you know, um, continue offering the guidance for uh, these days of practice with Samatha practice. And we'll begin the practice meetings with you tomorrow morning. And they'll usually be beginning about, well, they'll begin at 9.30 tomorrow morning. And I guess we'll see a third of the people. So... um, It'll be up on that bulletin board, that main bulletin board. You'll see your name, time, and there'll be. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. But anyway, they, today is just a day for settling in, doing your practices best supports, sense of continuity, relaxation, and ease. Anything else? Oh right, yes. So we'll, we we will do at this morning sitting the cell phone renunciation. So please. Finish up any business you might have. Let people know you're offline. Let them know they can always get in touch with you through the front office and bring your phones uh, tomorrow. They'll probably have some way to mark, you know, tape markers for your phone. And we will take them, happily take them from you, and hopefully you happily give them up. No, yes, it's optional. Optional. Okay. Have a beautiful day of practice, and we'll see you formally at 7.30 and informally around 9.30.